The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of myself and my guests and do not reflect those of the Walt Disney Company or anyone else's employers. And now it's time for Mouse at the Movies with D. Gill. Greetings, citizens. It's D. Gill back at it again here on Mouse at the Movies with a brand new episode, this time on the brand new movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. When an experimental radar thrusts the Pym family into the quantum realm, Avenger Scott Lang fights to save his daughter Cassie from the grip of the cruel Kang, the Conqueror. Directed by Peyton Reed and written by Jeff Loveness, the 31st film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the third Ant-Man movie stars Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly as the titular Ant-Man and the Wasp, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, Bill Murray, with Michelle Pfeiffer, with Corey Stoll, and Michael Douglas as Dr. Henry Pym. What works? As we're all familiar with these characters from their multiple appearances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the major strength of this film lies within the characters. Starting off with the heroes, we have Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, played by Paul Rudd, Hope Van Dyne, a.k.a. The Wasp, played by Evangeline Lilly, and Cassie Lang, a.k.a. New Hero Stature, played by Catherine Newton. The film does a great job in giving everyone at least something to do, but not only that, these heroes get to have multiple instances of proving themselves with big heroics, big rescues, and of course, big fights near the end, but more on that later. We also have many great new allies in this film, the Pims, as always, are a delight, as played by Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. The Pims in this movie have a lot more to do rather than just attempt to find each other through the quantum realm, but this time we get to see them play off each other a bit more. And surprisingly, more allies come from the quantum realm, packed with all sorts of very strange and odd creatures that have found themselves displaced from their home from the conquest of the brutal Kang the Conqueror. Speaking of which, the villains of this movie are excellent. And yes, I did say villains, despite the marketing being very hush-hush about one of these villains, only showing glimpses of him. Yes, Kang is not alone in this movie, although that's certainly not for lack of trying on Jonathan Major's part. He is indomitable in this movie. He plays an excellent Kang as a reserved yet still intimidating and fiercely powerful villain. And at his beck and call is Modok, played by Corey Stoll from the original Ant-Man. And together the two have enacted a plan to send Kang out from his imprisonment in the quantum realm and conquer the main Marvel universe, as well as the multiverse that has just been recently cracked open. Another strength to this movie are the production design and visual effects. As of late, multiple Marvel movies have been accused of having lackluster or even very unimpressive CGI, but that is certainly not the case in this movie, especially when it comes to the landscapes of the quantum realm. All very distinct and very trippy. Jack the King Kirby would be especially proud of the exceptionally otherworldly 
look that the quantum realm has taken in this movie. And of course, the much talked about use of stagecraft in this movie. For those not in the know, this is the same technology used to render the landscapes for both seasons of The Mandalorian at time of this recording. A stagecraft was used extensively in this film to help give the actors something to look at other than green screens. And I would say it helped add to the immersion as you feel every character's emotion in each specific landscape and interacting with all of these strange and bizarre characters and all these strange and bizarre surroundings. And of course, a superhero movie is nothing without a few action set pieces, and this movie contains multiple action set pieces, mostly chases, although that's not always a bad thing, especially when done well, not to mention an all-out war in the very end between the forces of Kang the Conqueror and the combined forces of Ant-Man, the Wasp, Stature, and as well as a few other surprises that I will not get into for the reasons of spoilers. What doesn't? I'm hesitant to put the story around here as it is a functional story. It's well-structured, you get where the characters are coming from, and nothing feels particularly out of place. And while tonally it remains consistent with the other two Ant-Man movies, unfortunately thematically, it feels more like an Endgame sequel rather than an Ant-Man sequel. And this has been an ongoing uh, reoccurrence with the Ant-Man movies, because you start with the original Ant-Man, but Scott's story continues in Captain America Civil War, albeit briefly. However, Ant-Man and the Wasp doesn't pick up where Ant-Man left off, it picks up where Civil War left off with Scott detained, and that ending leads to Endgame, where Scott plays a major role, and Quantumania picks up from the end of Endgame. While I'm not really surprised that it doesn't play by the traditional rules of, tr of a trilogy, I feel like it could have helped enrich the narrative a bit more if Scott felt like he had something in danger of being lost. Rather than just time spent with Cassie, I feel like the movie would have been stronger if something more was at stake for Scott. Now you'll notice I have not mentioned Modoc very much, and that is mostly because he is not in the marketing very much. We see a few shots of him, uh, there's been some merch leaked about him from like Funko Pops and action figures and whatnot. While I'm not saying he's bad per se, as multiple scenes with him were quite amusing and actually kind of intimidating in a way, it does feel like he will be one of the most talked about and debated about elements of this movie. Personally, I feel they could have gone the extra mile to make him a little more intimidating, but as is, I liked his inclusion quite well. And while the movie is totally consistent with the prior two Ant-Man movies and his other appearances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that of a very child-friendly superhero movie that ha that blends the hard-hitting action of a superhero movie with the wonder of a child because you're seeing something shrink down to impossibly small levels and getting a whole new perspective on things. A similar catnip uh, to movies like Toy Story and A Bug's Life. However, I feel like the ambitions of the movie to build up where Endgame left off, and namely have Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne and Cassie all fighting against Kang the Conqueror, who is, say it with me, Jake Gyllenhaal, an Avengers-level threat. I just fear that some of that childlike wonder 
might be a little lost in the sea of an Avengers-level final action set piece when compared with the excellent chase scenes of Ant-Man and the Wasp and the superlative showdown in Cassie's bedroom from the original Ant-Man. The Impact! The immediate impact of this movie is difficult to say, as it is the beginning of Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we are right smack dab in the middle of the multiverse saga at time of recording. On opening weekend, the movie has made a whopping $359 million worldwide, which compared to its hefty budget of $200 million, means the movie should be on track to make, I would say, somewhere between Thor Love and Thunder money and Multiverse of Madness money. Another impact that this movie has had online were multiple leaks that I found online on Twitter before the movie came around, showing off how MODOK under the golden helmet scene in the trailer looked. And for footage captured in the middle of theaters, which may I remind my dear listeners is not okay to do in theaters, that is still technically stealing. As footage like that goes, I agree it did look a little on the rough side, but it did help illustrate the innate silliness of MODOK a bit more and has led to stimulating debate online, albeit extremely divided. It seems with this movie, you either very much like it or you very much don't, and I would consider myself in the very much do like it camp. While I feel the story could have taken a few more chances and put its characters through a bit more peril, I find Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania an absolute fun time filled with excellent characters, brand new fun allies, and remarkable production design and visual effects. All in all, it's a brand new Marvel movie. It's absolutely worth seeing on the big screen, and check it out in 3D if you can. It was a pretty good 3D transfer. And as always, stay through the credits. Until next time, this is D. Gill, and I'll see you next time on Mouse at the Movies. Welcome back to the podcast without a cool acronym, the podcast where you review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Deroshay, here once again with Miranda, Andrew Reyes, Zach Stewart, and Kean Carlisle. And we're here to talk about episodes two through six of Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This was all recorded as one podcast in one recording session, but I had a hunch before we started recording that this would end up being split into two episodes, and that's exactly what happened. So here is the second half of the episode. Yeah, we're gonna try to kind of gonna try to kind of breeze through these. Um, so this one, they're fighting a villain of the week. This is Devos. He's like a robot. 
Mm-hmm. What was the name of the yes. second episode? Um, the Burrow Bully. The Burrow Bully. So basically, there's this kid that's trying to do this. Um, he's 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 done a bunch of different volunteer things, but this particular one is oh, he right. wants to protect possums and give them their own crosswalk. Which, and, uh, which... and all of his stuff gets wrecked <laughs> by this battle between. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur versus Devos, which is again this just discount Transformers looking dude. Mm-hmm. Bum, Honestly, bum, 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 at first I thought, that was go- I thought this was going to be like a cabbages thing, like an avatar where every episode <laughs> is my cabbages, and like it was just gonna be destroying this dude's like pot, like possum thing every episode from then on. I thought that was gonna be. I thought that's what was gonna happen. My watermelons. No, my possums. Strange thing to to do. It's just such a strange part of it to 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 have in that episode. Just like I have a po- like I'm advocating for possums. But the whole reason for that is because uh, we find out that um, so Ludella and Casey have been going through all the comments for their latest video, and there is a troll saying that she has a big head. Um, some person named Siphonator. And basically, this starts driving Lunella completely insane. Um, And... If anything, I mean, like... She she makes this video that is, like, uh, basically trying to prove that, no, my head size is normal! And Siphonator remixes it into this, like, terrible diss track basically not diss track really but like this this terrible internet remix and yeah. Casey's like okay yeah. I blocked it from the page and Lunella could... does that and just like it's this downward spiral you, you could tell uh well for one I, I know it's like they 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 purposefully made it sound like the worst possible remix ever like it doesn't sound like one of those good ones where it's on beat or it's everything. Not no, like, it's, it's not like it's not like this is not um this is not he's clapping in your windows and snatching your people up. Yeah, this is not yeah. uh it's not uh, it's not that intruder. Not sh- yeah, yeah, it's not that. It's uh, not it, that. It's, it's not it, this isn't auto tune the news. It's, yeah, and the nope. worst the thing I found I found that was that that feels very real for anyone on social media is that for some reason that was getting the m- more attention. It's like when you get ratioed by someone that just doesn't have any that that replies with something completely non-factual and just doesn't at all make at sense at all, you know, like someone that's just not being a good person and somehow they're getting more the all the retweets and likes, you know. You know what? Let's just focus on all the positive comments. I've dealt with my fair share of haters, and the key is to not let it bother you. For example, last week, when Eduardo made fun of my scrunchie, you know what I did? Punched him and got his attention? Regrettably, yes. I saw that. But do you know what I did the second time he made fun of it? I said, so, and you are entitled to your opinion. And thank you for noticing my bomb scrunchie. Then I shrugged it off like this. The shoulders. You moving the shoulders. <laughs> Great, I love that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. I I, I do want to say like I love the like d- just the whole like premise 
like of this episode uh, it's is great. Because, it's it's brilliant because because it basically like it, it basically kind of tells like kids you know hey just don't don't feed don't feed the trolls basically don't feed don't the feed trolls into, literally don't, don't feed the like, trolls don't feed into that don't give them the attention you're just uh like you're just making them more like bigger and worse or as it is so if and having so basically, it spoiler alert the symbiote is perfect because that that's exactly what symbiotes do they feed on that negativity yeah yeah it was great yeah well, okay, actually now that you mentioned since we said it was the mcu i'm wondering where this is going to take place in the timeline because there's only so far only one symbiote in the mcu Yep. And that is... Yep. 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 I don't even know if this would be the same symbiote, but it, it's like it's not the same. Yeah. I don't think it's the same symbiote. It, it, it yeah, wouldn't just. It, would it wouldn't it, just they... go. Oh, and, and it just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It... However, I'm wondering where this. Which because the thing is, the symbiote's like species name is called the Clintar. So I'm wondering <laughs> where this symbiote came from. It's it's um. Uh... It's at well, I was maybe gonna say it's just, it's, it's maybe not it's another spawn symbiote like how uh how Carnage spawned from Venom in in the comics and uh, it, how Toxin spawns from Carnage in right and, well, and um, like later later in the episode when when Casey goes to check on Lunella and Lunella like hisses at her like she's a cat <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all, that, that gag is dead. done in every single show, and it never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like just <laughs> um, but that and like yeah, the premise of it, and uh, when they eventually, I don't know if we're if I'm skipping like a lot here, but like when they eventually do reveal who like was in that symbiote the whole time. Yeah, like, it was the kid from the beginning. Which when yep. you when when they pass the the stuff that's that's smashed that's still sitting there, I'm like, oh, it's that kid. It's that kid who got taken yeah. over by the symbiote. Yeah, I was yeah. certain. Like, because first it was like, oh, I thought this was a cabbage's thing. Then I thought, oh, he's gonna come back as a possum-based super supervillain. And then, <laughs> la and then later, it's just he's in the symbiote. I'm like, oh. This is the, the that's how that's how they were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with my expectations a little bit. But yeah, and that whole rap basically between the uh between the troll oh, yeah, and Lunella. That was really good. Yeah. That was that was amazing. Like just Yeah. Having it be like like the troll throwing a bunch of like just insults and uh Lunella turning it around. Clean my teeth with devil sharks cause they're small like cruel pigs By the way, why would you choose a T-Rex as your sidekick? A raptor Bigfoot, even a pet possum They at least have thumbs, that'd be way more awesome It's true that me and Dev make a really odd pair With his cute, dainty arms and my bomb curly hair Largest ring in the universe means world's smallest hands MG the MC is a big time square <laughs> Shiny and they roll around like like, like a plate.
Yeah. Will, uh, will you? Um, Your like, skates are too shiny. No, wait, I already <laughs> said that. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love, again, I love I love the shoulder dance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was a great. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are they, I'm assuming they're teaching that dance at DCA right now. They should be. That's I basically know. what I was thinking of. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the whole like just with any song comes on, that's the dance I think of. Um. So the next one, "Run the Ring," is a fun one. I like this one. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> Yes, because um, basically, um, this one, um, there's some event that, well, actually, it starts off with Lunella, um, this is the one where, yeah, she's trying to trick um, trick Devil into going through the car wash because he needs a bath. It's like, well, you, you <laughs> went swimming in the East River! <laughs> oh, man. Great. It's, it's, just, it's just funny that it has to be through the car wash. And, well, also, because... Uh, it ends with her, uh, uh, with her basically getting trashed, or or because yeah. like because the dump, the, I don't know, something happens with the dumpster, and then it just yeah, he he gets into the dumpster after going through the car wash, and so she has to send him through again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that alone, I, like I, I love that the show kind of has like cold opens. It kind of has like these little yeah. moments where it definitely could be like shorts in a way or as like someone put the always sunny theme under the the um under the the title card yeah feel like a very always like kind of an always sunny or a gravity falls kind of cold cold open mm-hmm. yeah just, just something funny random that they didn't really that they uh that they, that really has no bearing on it it's just just a funny gag. So well, sometimes it does come back, like the one done, where, yeah. um, where she puts Devil on the the cabs and has him use the cabs as roller skates. Like that kind of comes back. <laughs> they're, they're racing, yeah, they're racing, yeah. That I that I love. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, the run the rink. Uh, I I forget where like. Uh, her so so the grown-ups are supposed too. to be going to Roller Jam, and <laughs> um, and um, a friend of theirs is going to watch the rank. It was um, hang on, I, I have the episode up. Um, it was one of their someone Paul from, from the Hasty Mart is going to watch the rank and keep yeah. you safe. And yeah, there we go. and we we think her mom is saying that to Lunella, but she's actually saying that to her turntables. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was not like expecting. It's not. It's okay. It's not the fact that like she wasn't, you know, talking to her daughter the whole time. It's the fact that she was specifically talking to her turntables, which, I mean, and it's just like of, mom. They'll be fine. <laughs> it's just funny because it's like okay, so this is me exaggerated only slightly, and. <laughs> And we get the bit with um, um, Lunella uh, asking her uh, her grandma about the uh, kettle corn, and her grandma's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, so it'll be ready in twenty minutes." And she's like, "Oh, but that's forever." And and um, 
Oh yeah, I think she she said that like the secret ingredient is patience. I think. Yes, patience. Um, which yeah comes back into play later, and then uh, and then they uh, they go off. The person Lunella's... that was the person that was gonna can the uh, the person that was gonna watch the ring ends up having to cancel, um, and so. They're like, well, we could just close the rink, and um, uh, the gra- grandpa's like, no, we can't close the rink. Even if Tuesdays are slow, we have to we have to have the rink open to let people in if they want to come in. We haven't um, closed in forty two or forty three years. <laughs> yes, and Lunella's like, I can do it. I can run the rink, and um, her mom is very against the idea at first, but eventually. Um, she convinces them to let it happen, and, um, their friend from the deli across the street is gonna check in every so often. Yeah, so, and then they, so, so then they go, and then, uh, uh, Lunella's watching Basically, Lunella's, um, doing a bunch of different things that, I don't know why she's filling up all these cups of soda for people that probably aren't gonna show up. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, cause, like, I, it, it was kind of being, it felt like it was being set up that, like, oh, I can handle this piece of cake, it's gonna be a slow, easy day, and I thought this whole batch of people, like, this crowd of people was gonna show up, but no one shows up, it's literally just a very, very slow day. She makes way too much bored. kettle corn. And she's bored the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. she makes way too much kettle corn. I, I, <laughs> love, I, love the, I love that she brings in Devil to clean it all up. Just how, how, how they animate that. Yes. And then Devil they... breaks the turntables. Yeah, okay. So I felt that when Devil broke the turntables. Because if I was the mom in this episode who cares very much about her turntables yeah i would be pissed too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those are not cheap those they're not cheap they are your ba- they are your children <laughs> basically it would it, for me it would be the equivalent of if my if if my prop rep, if like you broke a prop replica of of some, like when you get like a expensive <laughs> yeah. prop replica it's like that's basically. your child you can't have that thing get any marks on it yeah yeah bas- basically i mean yeah. for like yeah that uh, in a way it's yeah that but yeah. All, like the... so as far as like them trying to like you know get that replaced in the end it's uh, i mean it kind of sounds like uh well basically like a lot of other like scenarios where they try to like replace what like where like these kids are trying to replace what's broken by doing this like big party thing or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I can't name any right now, but I know there's a, a lot of like kid shows or movies. Definitely that done a that. trope. It's definitely a trope yeah. where they have it's to raise money. But it's a trope for a reason. I mean, it, yeah. in this case, it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, especially I'm because of with the... how, especially because of how things go sideways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love a good shenanigan. It must be said. Yes. It goes up um, and down. <laughs> so Casey has Casey has the idea to there's your Tower of Terror theme, by the way. <laughs> there we go. Oh. See that but so, See, so now, Casey now has the idea anymore. Casey has the idea to um 
to basically set up a one night only Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur um, skate party, um, and have all all of their fans come and make all the money they need to buy the turntables because they found them at a pawn shop, but they are basically unaffordable. Surprise, surprise! You know, <laughs> yeah, go figure. Um, and it's it's also the we fact... We buy new turntables? They... Your parents never know what happened. If there's money left over, we buy shoes. <laughs> That's so Casey. sexy. I love Casey. I, I, I will Casey's also a sight to have in the show. Yes. I, will, I will also say, just as a, br- a, a brief DJ nerd thing, um, uh, <laughs> like, the, the turntables that I have, it's like just a DJ controller, so it's like all in one, basically. And that was only like... $99 basically. So, but the one that her mom has is the actual professional like legit setup where it's like the the like turntables are separate, the mixer whatever. It's thousands of dollars. It's I, good. Yeah. It's definitely it's pricey, I can imagine. It's de- it's definitely pricey. So they can't just get a cheaper one cuz that's obviously going to be noticeable. So Right. They have to get the exact same ones. <laughs> it's like, uh, and but, devil's um, covered in glitter. Yeah, <laughs> I love the end gag for that in the in the credit scene where he's just a disco ball. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was incredible. I, I I need I need if if there was gonna be any Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur merch, I need a regular Devil Dinosaur merch. Uh, and a glitter <laughs> devil. Marvel and Hasbro get on that. that. Yes, yep. merch. <laughs> Can we also get a Funko Pop set of Main and Devil Dryer Sore? <laughs> That'd be great. Devil Dryer oh Sore. Okay, so the 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 Rogues Gallery that shows up in this episode. Um, the first two are so funny. Oh my god, because the first one, um, the the first one is, um, Instantaney Girl. I'm wondering... And, uh, 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 first of all, I love how Casey's like, Hold it, Edmana. Door charge. Thank you. Proceed. I don't care if you're coming in here to be a supervillain, you need to pay the door charge, and she does. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, and, and then they like uh make fun of her name and how it's like too long or not like <laughs> it's not catchy at all. Olympic hopeful Sophie Slugfoot took the fast lane to glory with a quick twitch muscle compound that made her a sprinting sensation. But she was banned for life, and so she turned to crime and became Instantaney Girl. Insta what? Instantaney Girl. Like instantaneous. Just kind of hard to say. Oh, maybe Speedy Girl. That, that's much clearer. Speedy Girl. Speedy Girl. Speedy Girl. It's insta- I mean, it's, it's instant. Oh, instantaney Girl. The thing is, like, the thing is, I don't know if that's uh, because there's so many D-list character like villains in the Marvel universe. I don't know if those are actual characters or not. Look this up to see if there is. I, I, I never, I didn't. How do I even spell instantaney Girl? Like. Uh, in the episode, if you want to re- go Marvel. to the episode, watch and see what they do. I was but gonna it, say, Marvel. Uh, Marvel has so many D-list villains and characters. 
that just never seen. It just reminds me of that scene in the Lego Batman movie when Joker's listing off all of the villains, and yeah. uh, and, and it's like Penguin, Crazy Quilt, Eraser, Polka Dot Man, Mime, Tarantula, King Cut, Orca, Killer Moth, March Harriet, Zodiac Master, Gentleman Ghost, Clock King, Calendar Man, Kite Man, Cat Man, Zebra Man, and the Condiment King. Okay, are you making some of those up? Nope, they're all real. Probably worth the Google. Like and even for that, like as a comic book nerd, as a as a Batman fan, I know all of those characters because I either watched the '66 show or I watched the animated series where all of those characters appeared. And then like, then like Marvel has like D-list characters that you will never see. You will only see once on a like on an issue, on like a variant cover. You'll never see them again outside of like a variant cover of a marvel issue. the only the only result i found when i searched that was moon girl and devil dinosaur so okay i guess they're original characters which is yeah I mean, yeah i can't I, find it <laughs> honestly the fact that i didn't know says a lot about how natural it feels because there are just characters that went like there is uh in the deadpool video game there are care there are like d-list villains in that game there's like I think one of the mob boss characters was called White Shark, and then there's uh, Arc Light, who has like light based powers. None of these characters have ever made appearances anywhere after that game. <laughs> and then there's the giant yeah. baby. Oh yeah, that baby. uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that feel again. That feels like a very Marvel character. Like it just feels the, natural in the universe. The the because each villain had like a little bit of backstory explained. I forget. I just remember the the backstory explained for the baby simultaneously freaked me out and also just kind of no, it just freaked me out actually. Like Lisa, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like the Lisa Simpson thing in uh the in the Simpsons ride. ride. <laughs> that was Maggie, not Lisa, but yeah. Except it's for some reason just a little bit more disturbing in this one. <laughs> it, I think it's because they made the baby not only talk, but like get to a point where he's actually still able to squeeze through a door. Ugh. That's the Ugh. terrifying part. Just imagine <laughs> just that getting in, coming into your room. Imagine like, because have you ever have you ever seen like? The boss baby's uh, Macy's oh, no. float inflate. Don't, 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 don't even remind me of boss baby. What are you doing, man? Why, why do, you, why do you, why are you doing this to me? You're reminding me of some of the worst experiences. It's funny, anyways. Um, <laughs> so then Gravitas um, shows up. Um, well, so so they 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 make quick work of Instantaney Girl and the boss baby. Man, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Gravitas shows up, and uh, of course, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, our, our our wonderful narrator, who of course we later find out is the Beyonder, um, <laughs> reveals that during the whole um, car wash thing that was the cold open, um, they actually caused um, Gravitas's getaway vehicle after robbing a bank to crash and catch on fire and destroy all the money that was stolen. And he, uh, if I'm remember, yeah, he was like the most intense one 
in this oh episode. yes in, 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 yeah, at least this episode of, well yes yeah, by design the other of... the other two had to be kind of a joke so that um gravitas mm -hmm. would actually because uh, of course she's like okay i can handle this guy and then mm -hmm. she has a hard time and she'll until she stops and thinks about it i yeah. guess you guys could say that his role had a lot of gravitas Yes. <laughs> ah, that's probably how they wrote it exactly. If anything, probably, but that's yes. probably why they named him that because they yeah. Thought and they, stop they, me if you've heard this before. A villain in New York City has a levitation ray that they're using. Hmm. Where have I? What what attraction have I seen that on before? This could be the I, most dangerous night of my I, life and yours. I, I don't know who you're referring what you're referring to. I've never I don't know. What who who are you refer what are you referring to, my dear sir? <laughs> you're not insured for this. You're uh, not insured at all. Thought, you know, I thought I for some reason thought you were referencing Mission Breakout because there was kind of a thing with gravity in that ride. Yeah, but, but not as much as on the Spider Man ride. Spider Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so, yeah, so that big fight with Gravitas happens, and, uh, I, I, I think, like, I'm trying it's to figure out what even... where we get the Childish Gambino song. It is where we get the Childish Gambino uh, song. Yeah. I looked it up, I, cause, um, I'm not even sure why I haven't even heard the song before, but it's called, uh, uh, Sweatpants? Yeah, Sweatpants. That's the name of the mm -hmm. song. Uh, yeah. So, like, it was already on, like, one of his, uh, I think his most, like, well, not his most previous one. It's mm -hmm. the same, from what I've seen, it's the same album as Redbone, I think. So yeah, it, it was really surprising to hear that. I mean, it's been a while. In a since, Disney like, show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it, it is in a Disney show, no doubt, but. It's Let alone an animated in... one. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you would think he, he would have his in, like, a, one of the live action ones, but it's. It's yeah. in Moot Girl, which is awesome. It's also weird to just see Donald Glover collaborating with Disney again. Uh, like he hasn't, I haven't seen him like work on a anything like kind of remotely Disney related since Solo. Really? Wait, really? What was was Solo? Solo was twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. And then last, the no, the last thing, the last thing yeah. he did with Disney was Lion King. I was gonna say he was in Lion King, right? Right, yeah. I forgot. Lion King was just a blip, man. I don't remember anything from that movie. I don't even remember the movie existing. Nobody does. Yeah, it was a tech yeah. demo, nothing but more. It it happened. Uh, it, that's the knowledge there. It's, but it's, it, it. But did it, um, did it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh. What was I gonna say? But yeah, that was so. It's it's pretty neat hearing yeah. Donald Glover in this one. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering if he's still doing that Lando show that they're working on. Probably not. I'm just waiting for his next MCU appearance as Aaron Davis. So <laughs> yeah, I I don't know when the Prowler is coming, but apparently he's working on like a different Marvel thing with Sony. Which like what? <laughs> Sony is doing. Sony is. I, I I don't know what Sony's doing. Live action, I don't know. Animations, like, hell yeah, you know? Yeah. Give me oh, all of the Spider-Verse into my veins directly. I'm so excited for their, um, they're Get making, I think they're making a, uh, I think it's a Black Cat show or something like that with, or is a Silk show? They're doing I mean, a show? 
They're doing a show on Amazon, yeah. A Spider-Man show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, they, get, they have to keep it over 45 minutes, though. Every episode has to be over 45 minutes, or else Disney can sue them. That's interesting. <laughs> That's yeah. right, because um, Swampy was talking about how they had, like, a time limit on how much they could use Spider-Man. If they went a second above whatever it was, like, however many minutes, they didn't have the rights anymore. Yeah. That's basically, like, Marvel Marvel character rights are a nightmare. Like They are a minefield. That they are sound, a minefield. It sounds very complicated, if anything. Mm, character um, rights, game rights, marketing rights, the whole shebang is just a, a, a minefield of, of someone else owning the rights. Like, Marvel technically doesn't have the film distribution rights for the Hulk or Namor the Submariner. Right. They can only they mm-hmm. can only put him put them in other movies that don't have their name in it. That's huh. why we had Namor in Black Panther and not his own movie. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's, well, it's a very uh, interesting and complex thing. Um but back to Moon Girl. Yeah, as far as to like end the episode uh well that that episode like she basically has to um she basically has to exhaust his his um levitation juice supply so that she can then actually fight him. Yeah, it was that was great just the way uh I liked the the way they designed it off of like it's kind of this juice stuff and this kind of gooey it's like it's kind of like glue it's like levitation glue as it, kind of like yeah. it yeah. I really like that the way they designed that. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I love how it's just it um, like once they finally like land, like like instead of landing hard, it's just kind of like a little plop, <laughs> mm-hmm. like a little like slow like kind of plop to the ground, and everyone's like everyone's okay, and mm-hmm. they <laughs> and then and a lot of them believe that like all the utilities a... still work. Huh? Oh yeah, that and all, all the, the utilities, utilities still work. Yeah, somehow. Perfectly, perfectly aligned it so that the pipe still screwed back on automatically. Like, she didn't even have to try. It's perfect alignment. How precise. How precise mm-hmm. of her. Um, uh, She's a genius, so she gets away I, with it. I love that, like, everyone also, like, be- just genuinely believed that those were just effects. Like, it's part of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. Okay. You know what that kind of makes me think of is the menu before stuff really started going. Uh, well, I mean, th- this was after the the first person dies, but oh, I haven't seen the menu yet. I haven't I, seen I, the menu I, yet either. But when people are like, "Oh no, this is just stagecraft," it's the no, it's not. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing. I saw a trailer for it. I've been wanting to watch. That. Oh, that movie yeah. is great. I, uh... Every time I think about that movie, I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> God dang it, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, well, hey, there's but... red beans and rice for you in the fridge. That's right. Yeah, I, only yeah, I, of, I only had a little bit of... I only had a little bit of... Jet doesn't scratch me. Why you gotta make me hungry like this? <laughs> yeah, Jet, uh, Jet we, need to, we need to get horse tranquilizers and knock him out so we can actually trim his nails. Yeah, I've He's gotten... He's very weird about scratch. his feet. I don't know why. Sometimes. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so uh, Lunella's in no hurry to Lunella's in no hurry to run the rink again because it was 
crazy, of course. They get the uh the new yeah, they get the turntables. <laughs> they successfully get the turntables and her mom's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You're more beautiful <laughs> than I remember. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say, I was like, oh, she's gonna notice something's off and wrong. But no, it's just it's like you're more beautiful than ever. That's probably because they got like an even better set or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, in some ways that would also be me. I'm just gonna relate hard to anything that's DJ related in this. <laughs> but I don't know. I thought that was that, that was cute. Um, so, so in the next episode, the next one is check yourself. Um, I love the open for this one because Lunella literally offered to trick out a couple of cabs with a titanium frame so that Devil could use them as roller skates. <laughs> oh, so oh true. Which sounds terrifying for the person in the cab, but hey. <laughs> it's I was only- questioning during that, like, how and why? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not gonna question question why because it's a fun thing they want to do. But like, yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, wow. it would be terrifying for the people. In the- I would not be in that car. <laughs> right? Why would anyone be in that car? A giant T Rex basically almost stomping on you. Honestly, give it a few years. Like they they might <laughs> like Colin Trevorrow might do that eventually. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, but yeah, so that happens. I fr- Coming soon from Universal Pictures, Jurassic World 4, Electric Boogaloo. And yeah, so they're having like a race, right? Uh, yeah, they're having a and, skate race. And yeah. I, I think Lunella, if, if I can remember, I think Lunella still wins. Um, yeah, she wins. Yeah, and then she's like, Woo! Winning! I, like, I, I, for some reason, can't get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> just her absolutely ecstatic about like winning and just saying winning it's just like uh <laughs> this show's just pure joy man it's just it good. is it's pure joy euphoria it's pure euphoria not like the zendaya show but actually not the like, show. just euphoric but actually like just happy and euphoric and so oh i i i love yeah, it so much i, I just i this is what I've been. This is what I, I I miss. This type of Marvel show where you just see the passion in every frame, every piece of it. It's just, it's just good. It's just good. You could tell everyone loves Marvel so and they love the character, and they just wanted so, to make a good show and not just make an advertisement. You know? Yeah. So this show is not made to sell toys. It will sell toys, but that's because it's a good show. <laughs> I'll buy the toys because I love the toys. Yes, I want to buy the toys. When are we getting them at the Emporium, Disney? Come on. I will will hype this up to everyone if you just give me the means to do so. You'll you'll just be like, hey, have you seen the new... Have you seen Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur yet? You should. It's great. Here's here's the merch right over here. <laughs> Give me the two hundred dollar statue. I want one. Yes. It it probably is like one of those things where it's like the statue would just not be for sale, but you would still be willing to pay two hundred dollars for it, and they'll be like, okay, no, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that's like in the Disney shops that are like these really highly detailed statues that you just can't buy. 
Like the Mr. Toad statue they had for the I have literally had people ask me, so how much is the castle in the in the celebration room? I'm like, it's not for sale. It's just a big prop. Oh my it's god. Not for yeah, sale. I, I, mm-hmm. God. But I um I would go to Lego store and they have We have, a, really we have an awesome stuff. castle playset that's on sale that I want. Uh <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that around. Okay. Yeah, but it's um cool. The so the, the the next episode is check yourself. Yes. Right? So yeah. let's check yourself. Um. So they have that skate race, and then you know it's kind of like, wasn't that skate race dope? And then she one thing we didn't mention in the first episode is she kind of has like security cameras that show her what's happening in the apartment, and yeah, she sees her family talking about like bring out the good snacks, you know. And it's like, oh, we're having a party. It's They're having episode, game night yes. without her. They're having game yep. night without her, and she's like, "I am, I am crushed, mind blown. I, I don't believe this. Like, <laughs> I'm just gutted. <laughs> That's what she I says. Loved, I loved the montage where they're just where they basically have to come up with different names for already established games. Contortionist like, instead of Twister. <laughs> yeah, and and what was what did they call Scrabble? Um, uh, I, I, I was just fixated on the fact that they call it contortionist. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, you know the, uh, at Pop Century, they have these random areas in the 70s building where you could just play Twister for some reason, just outdoors. Um, so now I will call that contortionist. <laughs> I will just, uh, hey, like, if I'm walking by with a friend, hey, you want to play Contortionist? (laughs) I don't know. Um, Sorry. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, I forget the names of the other ones, though. It's It reminds me a lot of, like, the Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons from Gravity Falls. And how they clearly just couldn't get the rights. They clearly just couldn't say Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Wait, was it just called Word? So it's it's contortion. It's hold on. It's contortion. It's Word. Word up. <laughs> I can make a longer word. I just need to add another board. Spades. Spades. <laughs> Spades. Yeah. It. Yeah. That whole thing was funny. So, it also it, so so like the whole point of this episode was the fact that like it's supposed to set up that Lunella's is less about having fun and more competitive I guess she's very competitive yeah she's more about winning or at least like when she claims to try to have fun she doesn't know that she's like slowly but surely getting more competitive and actually wanting to just win (laughs) Mm -hmm. so and then so so in this episode that's put to the test when uh I think she's playing chess, like the whole thing is like she's playing chess against this supercomputer. Supercomputer. Yeah. yeah. Uh who what's and the name of the supercomputer? LOS three oh seven. LOS three oh seven, gotcha. L- oh, LOS is very um very bored with doing chess simulations. 
Yeah, I'm just getting carted around the middle schools. This is boring. Um, LOS 307 is they, them pronouns. Yes. Yeah, they're not binary. Yeah, That's right. They're not binary because yeah. they're a computer. That's right. <laughs> they're not binary because they're a supercomputer. Yeah, and they speak they in them. binary code. So it's perfect. Perfect. And they, when they just uh, showed pronouns and use. I just oh, like, yeah, I, I, like, like I love I love it when just like normalizing that, just seeing that getting more normalized. It's just nice. Just nice. And Moon Girl is she her? As she yeah, also. Trying to yes, look up Moon Girl is she her. Try... LOS is a supercomputer that's been carted around all these different middle schools to play chess. And they're really bored with it until, of course, they meet Lunella and quickly become friends with, with her. They become friends! And, and it's and like actually said, really cute. Yeah, and like I said, LOS is non-binary because they're a supercomputer. And it, and it's, uh, like, once they face off at chess, uh, like, the first time, like, it takes so long until, like, you know... Like, AC has to go get Lunella's science test for her. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the, is it the principal? The principal is just, like, waiting. <laughs> it's yeah. just, like, they're all, like, is it all night or something? Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, geez. 45 like, minutes later. 45 minutes, okay. Dang. I thought it was all night. It almost felt like it was. It was well, all night. and Casey brings the science test over, and Lunella does that. Just apparently, like, very quickly. Um, and, and LOS quickly um, see, well, LOS sees Casey being a good friend and, and is like, wow, I like Casey. What a good friend. Because, um, of course, Casey is dealing with Eduardo. You're about to, you, your mother is about to receive a very strongly worded text from me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Freaking Eduardo. Uh, uh Eduardo, played by Michael Camino, by the way. I was about to say, like, yeah, you brought up that it's Michael Camino. Um, and he was also the voice of uh, who, again? In Hamster and Gretel. Yeah. Sorry, I still haven't seen Hamster and Gretel. Um, but, so, I'm, I'm trying to remember what leads to Lunella... Sneaking back into the school just to like try to beat. So she's LOS obsessed with beating chess. LOS, and she's doing these. Um, she's doing these chess games at home, uh, and has this like dream where her hands are becoming chess pieces, basically. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that so, was so weird. She's obsessing at the computer the whole time, playing a bunch of simulated chess messages, falls asleep, and then dreams of her doing that, and then it becomes a nightmare when her hands start turning into chess pieces. Right. It's like, ah, ah! Yeah, that... Yeah, yeah that was great. And uh, then, although I will say, I was automatically like, oh, this is going to be the part where she starts turning when she gets to the school and it starts, like, creepily saying, hi, Lunella, on, like, the vending machine and just, like, I'm like, oh, no, it's going to go down that road. Please don't go down that road immediately. Yeah. Like... I did go down that road immediately, but it was... Um, basically the, the, the idea is that apparently for some reason this, um, the supercomputer, if it overheats, um, goes insane. Yeah. yeah. So, the, uh, so th they do, like, continue with, like, their, uh, chess games, or, like, until Lunella wins. 
And it's uh, the idea. Lunella wants to win so bad. Elois and Lunella, like, we could crack cold fusion if we had if we, if we if we had enough time and some paper and enough paper clips. Yeah, and Lunella like kind of sets aside like LOS's feelings, like their feelings, uh, mm-hmm. or yeah. not 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 necessarily okay, like like feelings and just because of, like the well, fact that let's she do could that tomorrow. I need to I need I, to win this game. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's what that friendships are about. Compromise, right? That reminds me a lot of Marvel, a, a lot about certain characters in Marvel comics is that so many of these characters are super geniuses to a point where they could basically cure almost every horrible disease known to man within just like an hour like there's a but i don't want to do that i want to make dinosaurs that was what i was gonna fucking mention is just like that <laughs> issue like with the, you you, you can rewrite dna on the fly but you choose it to uh to to change people into dinosaurs with tech like that you could cure cancer i don't want to cure, want cancer. To cure cancer i want to turn people into dinosaurs I want to turn the whole city into lizards. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was the like... next step in human evolution. How? How is that the next step in human evolution? Also, the dinosaur can talk. We were already... <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so... That's just a very Marvel thing. Like, what? It's cured cancer yet. Why hasn't any of the Marvel super geniuses cured cancer yet? They they don't uh, they have so much spare time. Uh, well, Reed Richards is spaghetti at the moment, so <laughs> now serving at the Fantastic Four Cafe, at Islands of Adventure. Yeah, stop! Oh my God, I saw a TikTok about that, and I, I, I listen. Uh, at least it's not. At least it's not the there's there's a Marvel What If thing where uh the whole world's disintegrating and stuff, and Spider Man's keeping together with his webbing. It gets so bad. It, the the disintegration stuff gets so bad, and it gets so urgent that Peter basically sacrifices without his consent Reed Richards into being the entire web fluid, and it basically stretches Reed out, ba- turning him into web fluid around the entire city of New York. I'm astonished that that was okay. recent. Uh, <laughs> that is a recent issue. Yes, this is a more recent book. Someone wrote that. Okay, well, um... It's a very... What if, what if, unlike the show What If, yeah. actual What If stories get really dark sometimes. So, going back to everything with LOS, they can connect to Wi-Fi, so basically this is like Smart House. Yeah, <laughs> but I also... Oh, initiate random shuffle mode, please. <laughs> I also, like, immediately I got... Damn like, it, we got a Nat Geo special! How does this keep happening? <laughs> and all. We'll and never... I well, I very much got like Mitchell's versus the machine uh, yeah. vibes from it. From yeah, you know, all those. I was so, but unfortunately, no Furbies in this school. So no Furbies, uh... the giant Furby. Oh my will... god, Furbies in this show. Zero. Avenge the death of my fallen children. <laughs> That's still just one of the Man. best things that ha- that has happened in any movie ever. <laughs> Who built this? Why would you do this? <laughs> Why wouldn't you build it? It's like just know that we they will never ever ever turn evil. Oh no. <laughs> just immediate left turn. Don't toss your phone into the dumpster, make them feel like trash. 
and don't put them in a heater. Either both instances will lead to the ultimate destruction of the human race. Okay, I think my favorite line is Every self-respecting 13-year-old knows how to make the non-Newtonian food called Sunshine. Ha! I yeah. just took your knight. <laughs> liquid nitrogen. I just took your bishop. Well, I just took your queen. Kidnapped Casey. Casey is the queen. That is appropriate. The whole thing ends with um, Lunella having to fight a whole bunch of uh, th this this giant um, mass of electronics that LOS has pulled together. Again, Mitchell's versus the machines. <laughs> and she's actually um, having fun with it, which which is kind of her learning an important lesson about not taking things so seriously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very that also um wait, so she, again again gushing about the animation. The animation is stellar. I love yeah. how it kind of it, it like for these sequences where it's like this um uh where where it's this song. It's basically like kind of a music sequence or like a dance sequence but with animation and i love that like the it's colors a music video. and well, yeah it's a music video and i love that the colors change from just the like colors that they've been using to uh more brighter or like for more brighter like unique colors like it's a lot of so blues or purple yeah it's so it's so good so to finally beat los uh lunella actually previously hacked into the uh, fire sprinklers and was able to remotely set them off, which obviously supercomputer and water doesn't mix. Um, but then she saves LOS from getting completely ruined and, and ultimately puts LOS in rice, rice after they and... kind of come back to an understanding <laughs> and LOS literally cools off. Yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> And I and that was that episode, right? That was that was yeah. And uh, LOS ends up becoming the guidance counselor uh, <laughs> because the engineers don't want to take the soggy supercomputer back. And at the, and they also uh, wanted to try to replace their uh, guidance counselor. Because guidance counselor, so it worked out for everyone because yeah. she microwaves too much fish in there or something. <laughs> I wish that would, that would just cool be like yeah, replace someone who does that. I wish that could <laughs> be like something kind of that every single company would just start doing if they accidentally drop it in water. They just give it to just the just the, someone to, for for free. Right? Why not? Why not? <laughs> like that's a like, billion dollar supercomputer, and they're just like, well, what what do you do here? You take it. This random <laughs> middle school gets it now. Yay. <laughs> We're lucky. Okay. Also, um, where did they get all this rice? You know, um So what's the next episode? <laughs> so the next episode um <laughs> the next episode is Here Today Gone Tomorrow. <laughs> this was the one this was the one I was most excited on seeing because this one is fantastic. This was a big I love deal. This one. So this much. one this one. This All right, Mar yes. Miranda, I'm going to let you take over from here. <laughs> oh, I loved this episode so much. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing the I'm doing the autistic flippy flappies with my hands. Oh, 
don't don't apologize. I was also kind of doing that as well. <laughs> oh man. Like I am so excited to see a show talk about black hair. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so clever. It's such a good it's such a good it's such a good it was so fun to watch. I loved all the I loved all the focus on black hair. I loved I loved the premise that Lunella not taking care of her hair and looking for the uh, looking for the easy way out kind of turning her hair into a villain because you got to love your hair. It's one of our defining yeah. features. It's one of the things that, you know, like that showcases who we are as people and it just I you know, it it reminded me, oh yeah, I probably should do a, a treatment on my hair tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hair. Yeah. Like, I love that, okay, so, I, I, I do love that, okay, it starts off, um, you know, with her, like, going home and taking off her helmet, and just kind of, you know, it's, uh, uh, I think the morning, when she wakes up, uh, like, her mom is telling her, like, uh, you gotta I, I, take, I, like, you gotta take better you care, take of, your care of your hair, where is your bonnet? Yeah. It, oh, you mean yeah, my nuts and bolts holder? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and I love her bonnet just casually being used for hair in the cartoon. It's so fun. Yeah, and me just stressing over Anne's hair. I know, like I know she's not specifically black, but me stressing over Anne's hair and amphibia because I'm like, you have you have the thick curls. Where's your bonnet? Me looking at Lucy's hair in the Owl House, going, why are you white? <laughs> your hair don't look like that. You have no, you have no straightener. You have like I know your hair is short, but it should be looking like a little afro. Like what is wrong with you? I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. You're you're fine. <laughs> I I can't relate as much to like having black hair, but I can relate with red hair. Red hair is a very is a very thin hair, very soft. It is hard. It is very hard to get in a specific position. Because it always just kind of flops around. It is a very, it it the, I, like the only way I can get it like like in a specific spot is if it's already greasy. So like, this is like a day of like some greasy hair. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, we we all have we all have our little hair things. Uh, the clip that I saw before I even saw the episode. Uh, that made me want to watch it was the uh, the like blonde girl that like sits behind Lunella, who uh, is just like. My mom went in on me about how my hair looked this morning. That's ridiculous. Right. Thank you, girl. I mean, your hair always looks messy like that. Uh, say what now? Like how it stands on end, all frizzy. But that's the look you're going for, right? Don't listen to her, Lou. Like yeah, like your hair looks messy every day, and it's like each time that. A little bit of like an insult gets thrown at Lunella. Yeah, it's just like immediate like anxiety. Like, oh my god, that yeah, that 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 one hit home. Like, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, each, each time it each time it hit, it's like, oh my god, yeah. Because like, I feel like um, black girls especially are not like like are sometimes like not as confident about their natural hair, but it's it's their hair and it's it's what mm -hmm. it's it, it's what makes them like 
them. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, it's especially important to teach like black girls, uh, today, uh, uh, to just be like happy with your hair. It's, it's part Mm -hmm. of you. It's what, it's what makes you, you, you shouldn't, you know, change it just to please anyone or to like, um, like, yeah, basically, yeah, basically, just that you shouldn't yeah. have to like one of the change it for anybody. Black girls have to deal with is their hair, and well, all black women, all black people. Yeah, yeah, every, 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 like, like especially know. for like you know, black women or black AFABs, I suppose I should say, like it's it's something that from a very early age we have to we have to struggle with um, uh, public perception of our hair, like you know. Um, the fact that it's yeah. perceived as messy or the styles are perceived as not professional, like, you know, it, it's, it can be such a struggle, especially dealing with like a, a thicker curl pattern the way uh, Lunella does and like the way I do, like, you know, there's so much work that has to get put into it. You can kind of forgive like black girls for thinking like, especially with all the people like criticizing their hair, thinking it's not worth it and losing like the sort of, drive to want to take care of yourself because what's the point if your hair is just going to be perceived as messy like uh or you know or, or if like styling is is so much work but like you know and it feels like work when you're when you just always don't feel like the beauty standard anyway like you know like that's why you know you use your you use your bonnet to hold your nuts and bolts or for me it was like you know i i keep some gum packets in there when i'm not using it <laughs> Yeah, and and I love. I was uh, I was trying to show the 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 spicy <laughs> with uh with with Casey sunny or spicy. Oh yeah, oh, that. that. Was, oh I yeah, <laughs> always go spicy. I, I will say um, that message was really great for that episode. It was just I like, love the way they did it in this episode too. It's to, yeah, as, it was as really a way so to well like done. to really like to really teach uh black girl uh, young black girls how to like you know uh take care of their hair and not how not to be ashamed of their hair as well uh as far as like not to be as also a way of you know not to be ashamed of who you are and how you look as well and if you don't love your hair your hair won't love you that was very powerful like very true thing that her mom says yeah yeah because she goes through because she goes through uh trying to like uh you know trying to go through all these like different like hair care products and chemicals uh, to like you know change her hair try to straighten it and whatever and it just it it just falls apart like cuz yeah, it's un- it's know? unhealthy it's unhealthy for your hair and that's <laughs> and that it resulted is. in her... that was what we were forced to do as kids like especially back in like back in the day like um i can't tell you how many of like those little box products you'd see in black uh well not like like you know in beauty parlors and like you know beauty supply stores where it's just like the little black girl on the cover with straight hair and all those girls now sport their natural hair and they're like yeah we were forced to do that by our parents we do not straighten our hair anymore relaxers are very 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 bad for your hair chemically which Luna's mom even mentions like having used a relaxer and all her hair fell out it's like yeah that'll happen because those are dangerous chemicals you're putting on children's heads essentially which it most like often is like children's hair to straighten them out make it easier to deal with for school and that shit will mess your hair up it is like yeah yeah. it it, and um 
Uh, dang. Like, it, it also results in Lunella having to wear a wig, or just, like, wigs, like, in general. <sighs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, what was it called? What was it called? Shiva! Shiva! <laughs> It it even has a name, and it's it every time every time the wig even comes up or gets mentioned, it's just you hear Shiva. It's like yeah. (laughs) This episode was just a great message, not only just for uh, just for anyone's whose hair is not deemed the norm, like like whether it's colored, whether it's curly, whether it's big and bulbous. It like it it it's a great message that. That if you love your hair, it's like it it just teaches them to love themselves and love how they look and to kind of accept who they are and accept their heritage or their background or who they are and just represent themselves. And I and I love and I love that it it doesn't feel like it's preaching it. It's it's uh, it's very much because it like it very much I can very much imagine like a kid legit being entertained by this episode and intrigued and actually like like feeling like this episode or like this show is like on i i for lack of a better term like on their side of things like yeah. you know like yeah. that that this show loves and cares about um them very much so it's like, it's so nice to see a show that really cares about little black girls like this i love it you know sometimes like a lot of times when it comes to shows with like like uh afro leaning protagonists it feels like it cares about those characters almost in spite of their heritage like uh like i said a lot of my big problems with loose willow and gus are that they're all black and it like and i realize that they're in a different dimension where different rules apply but they don't really necessarily feel like black characters especially yeah. especially loose and willow like um, they really don't, because because Willow is Blasian and Luce is Afro Latina, and neither one of them necessarily feels like black. And like you know, not to shit on the Owl House, I feel like I've been bringing it up as an example, but it's just because it's a fellow, it's a fellow show on the network. Yeah. That I feel like I in it. this area, like you know, it, it, it not to say in spite, but maybe just um incidentally, like it feels like he cares the, them incidentally to their race, and. Sometimes that, and I mean, it's it's that doesn't mean that they're not good black characters. It doesn't mean those aren't necessarily good black shows. Plenty of black shows, like well, not you know, run by black people, but shows with black protags feel like you know, they're still good. But it just it feels nice to feel the love because you are black, because yeah. you have this identity as a little black girl. You are you have beautiful hair. You are so smart and so lively and you bring good energy to your neighborhood and you're surrounded by your blackness in every element. And it's just, it's so good to see. And this is probably my episode of the six so far. Yeah. This, this episode especially uh, definitely feels like it, it, this show was made with absolute love. uh, Like Mm -hmm. from, from black people to black people kids if anything so yeah, yeah. Like, add on to what and healing my inner child like bluey but for like the black kids specifically <laughs> not the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to add on to kind of what you were saying uh with it, it, it in a comic uh for me a comic nerd in that perspective it 
it's like when when I read like early 60s stuff, well early 70s and 60s stuff when there are black characters in in the books and uh being repre- represented but they aren't really it's just there's not there's only just surface surface representation. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything beyond yeah. that. There isn't anything Yeah, and those are steps, but And that's it's steps. It's just um it's just like it's yeah, exactly what kind of what you're saying. With Where we are now is just yeah. Crazy. I'm glad we've come this far. Like we have gone it, uh, so far. We've gotten, and we, like, and I so can't far. wait to see us go even further. And I feel like this is a good. I feel like this is a good transitional show to see us go even further. There is just so many rich, like black experiences that are just not really put to TV, like and media and stuff like that. And you know, this is this is a good start to seeing that. Like, you know, if, I love, if anything, uh, uh, if anything, like, uh, we definitely need like a lot more, um, like, sh- like shows with representation, like in a more positive light, and uh, yeah, like, because it, it always seems like whenever there is something that's uh, related uh, to representation, like, as well as far as like representation, quote unquote. Uh, with whether it's uh, black people or Asians or uh, Hispanic, uh, it always seems like that it's some like dark like action movie or drama or something like that. And yeah. very rarely any that's like just a feel good kind of movie that represents our culture in a positive light. Um, yeah, because you know, you know a lot of times the only way that people are interested in people like us, people of color, is through trying to, air quotes, uh, understand our experience, which is to say, understand our trauma, understand our struggle, understand the grit that goes, like, that often fuels a lot of people of color's journeys. And, like, you know, and I feel like now, increasingly, with things like uh, Moon Girl and Amphibia, it's, it's more about, like, the joy that our culture brings us. And it's it's good to see. To see. Yeah, it's, it's great. There's yeah. more to understanding than just understanding the aspects of the hurt that we've suffered. It's also understanding the 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 love we have for ourselves, the joy we have in being ourselves, and it, it sort of in turn inspires more joy because it's hard to find inspiration in yourself, and everything you see just perpetuates that everything about your experience kind of sucks. It's so, you know, it, yeah, it, it's hard. I, so now that we're having that response, I expect to see more things pushing, like, the joy and the richness of being a person of color. Absolutely, absolutely. No, we haven't yeah. really gotten a ton of yeah. plot synopsis of this episode, but I do want to bring up um, the fight sequence at the end. Oh, my God. Oh, like, oh my again, God. I know oh, we've gushed right. about all these, but the animation on this oh. one especially is insane. So setting up who she's fighting, like so when she does like experiments on trying to make her hair straight, her hair like falls out. Not just, but yeah, it falls out and then just becomes sentient and then just yes. goes away. I compounded this. Dang, I created life, huh? Black girl magic. After you burned me and ripped at me with a tiny comb. You have to use a wide tooth comb on naturally curly hair. Who doesn't know that? Well, Newton never mentioned wide tooth combs. I'm sorry, girl. Sorry? 
You tried to get rid of me. Replace me with some cheap wig that doesn't even have a lace front. You just decided out of the blue that I wasn't good enough. Why? Well, I... Be quiet! Answer the question. We'll see. I, I said silence! Well? I am so confused. <laughs> yeah. That, like... No, as, as soon as it started moving, I'm like, getting, her, her stuff keeps getting sabotaged by hair, and then... She, and then um, with uh, her skater goes off in, in science class. It's like, uh, yeah, this is your hair. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, I think she gets her like first F. I think like, uh, yeah, like she gets from disqualified that... from the robot competition they were going to be ah, doing. Dis disqualified, yeah, yeah, and um, so it's like that show. <laughs> so that yeah, the showdown between like her and her own hair. It's like, like, I, oh my god. It, in the end of it, plus, the whole sequence is fantastic. Um, like, as, as, as it is with, like, the other episodes where, like, there's this, um, like, song and whatnot, and the animation is just amazing. The, uh, I want to say choreography, but it's animation, so I don't know if that's, like, just the... You can still have fight choreography and animation. In fact, you yeah. absolutely should have fight choreography and animation if you want to look good. Yeah. The fighting yeah. choreographing in the, <laughs> in this was fun. It was I mean, they choreogra choreographed everything in like uh what's Storyboard. Yeah. Well, I mean in an Encanto they did like the whole choreographed dance sequence for the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, they they had to in that one. Yeah, cuz they had like they probably had like uh, yeah. dancer references or something. Yeah. But um. I mean, but yeah. but yeah. So uh, yeah. In this one, I love that it basically like th throughout it, like it leads to her kind of like realizing that she's basically fighting herself. Yeah. Like slowly but surely, you see uh, her hair basically become like, like basically like uh, become a figure. Of her, yeah, uh, and they make, of and she, even, she even makes her own devil dinosaur. It was yes. yeah, okay, dinosaur. yeah, devil dinosaur, devil dinosaur, like, which I was like, God, why? <laughs> <laughs> this show really do be hitting so different. It, it do, yeah, and, like I'm a, I, I love puns, so this is just everything about this show is perfect <laughs> for the things I like. Kids are gonna start like making their own devil dryasaurs out of, and and it's gonna. They'll make it a create. They'll do like a create like a an attraction thing at Disney at DCA. Where make you your, own your own devil dryasaur. Make your own devil di devil dryasaur. Damn! Suddenly, I need to get over to Disney real quick. Someone want to sponsor me? We um, <laughs> after that like after that fight sequence, we get. Um, uh, we get, so, so of course, um, when Lunella's mom is talking to her about, um, the relaxer, yeah. And, yeah, and I didn't use the neutralizer, which, which makes the relaxer stop working, Lunella's like, oh, I need to make right. a neutralizer, and that, and that'll That's fix, right. um, obviously she doesn't tell her mom the whole, um, story of what's happening, but, um, basically after that fight sequence, uh, she kind of comes to an understanding with her hair, and her hair is like, we were a good team, and we will be again. 
Um, and so the they use the neutralizer, neutralizer, and it's literally a magical girl transformation, and it's just chef's kiss. It's perfect. Go ahead, Big Red. Come on now, I'm moving on a whole nother level. Gotta catch up to my speed. You ain't gotta gas me up. I never leave my tank on E. I look at myself in the mirror. I tell you what I see. Beautiful brown with a big old smile. I'm coming in strong and I'm wearing it proud. Be good to me, Lunella, and I'll be good to you. It's like symbolic for Lunella yeah. basically accepting herself uh accepting who she is and like loving herself uh for who she is and how she looks and like how her uh how her hair naturally is and how beautiful her hair is if anything like it, it's it's beautiful hair by it, the way. It, it was it was yeah this if anything is my f- like absolute favorite episode because i love this for um, every black girl who just needs to see this like episode or needs to hear uh hear yeah. this so yeah it, like, it'd be hit like it's the most perfectly like written one if anything like it's it's still it's still massively entertaining it's well it's um, well animated the uh like all the fight and action stuff is fantastic uh it's still like pretty wacky and crazy but still has such a deep and powerful meaningful message to it and it is yeah this one's my favorite episode yeah also like it she does have beautiful hair i need i i need to draw her more so that i can get her Her hair right I mean, yes. I, I I know I already said this, but again, Miranda, oh my god, the, the just the, how textured you made her hair in your drawing is so good. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, oh, I, actually little, I actually still think it's a little too loose. I think I need to tighten it up a little, like the the curls a little more. I feel like she has more my curls, which are still pretty curly. But like, yeah, I love drawing her. I want to draw her more. Her hair is amazing. She should feel beautiful because she is beautiful. Yeah, and it's just nice to see her feel beautiful with her hair. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, well, hand flap. Oh, I am so happy. Not when his man just dancing next to Devil Dryer Sore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Devil Dryer Sore is just so funny. I really need a Devil Dryer Sore make your own kit. Just Disney. <laughs> Please get on that. Wow, we really like we got on that now. Um, yeah, please Disney get on a devil dryer sore. And now, uh, I the believe beyonder. we made it to the, the beyonder. Oh my gosh! This, uh, I we've been talking a lot. Jeez, I I just realized how cold my dinner must be. <laughs> oh man! Oh no! I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. This is a great spirited discussion, and I love it. I'm just—it occurs to me that we've been talking since seven thirty. I'm like, yeah. oh, my it's so cold. Yeah, well, yeah we're I haven't. Done. My mac and cheese is we're probably not great. So, so basically, the 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 easiest way to sum this episode up is, um, Lunella essentially has to deal with a guy who's more or less like Hugh from Star Trek, who's been sent to learn about humans. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is a very different Beyonder than the one I have known for uh, many years. I was introduced to the original Beyonder in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, which, by the way, is mm. of, of uh, I guess, I don't know if you, want, if you want to tease it or not, we'll eventually be talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, in, when uh, Spider-Verse releases, where we'll be talking about the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, that is where I was introduced to the Beyonder. The Beyonder is a very different character in that show compared to this version, and I actually kind of prefer this version more. It oh. reminds me a bit of, uh, you really can't pronounce his name, but he's from Superman, the Mixlius Pitalik. Do you know who, I, who I'm talking about? Uh, no, but that's a name. <laughs> he, he is a, okay, Mixlius Pitalik, he's, he's very similar to Beyonder in, in this episode, where he's kind of this dwarfish character who mm. just, this dwarfish imp who can basically just do anything. He has the ability to just manifest anything at will. And the only way to stop him is by saying his name, which no one ever knows how to pronounce because it's it's all consonants. There are no uh, there are no uh, what's it called? My brain is dying on me. There are there are no like A's, uh, A's, oh, O's, I's, vowels, vowels. My brain is dead. There are no vowels in his in his name, so you cannot pronounce. No one can ever pronounce There's no it. Vowels. It's all consonants. All consonants, yeah. And he... But Beyonder in this is very similar to that, in that he's just this character that does anything, does anything he wants, can become a kid at at random. He's also very similar to Batmite, if you all know who that character is. If you've ever watched Brave and the Bold. Mm. Well, so... So as far as, like, tying back to the Beyonder, like... In terms of the Beyonder, like, regular Beyonder is just more this omnipotent being who just kind of does shit for the sake of for the sake of saving the universe in the ultimate in the i mean in the 90s spider-man cartoon he's the guy who started the secret wars the actual uh the comic book secret wars not the uh not the 2015 version that's the multiverse stuff the original oh. secret wars is basically a bunch of alien planets were combined into a battle world and it's up to a bunch of superheroes and a bunch of supervillains uh, to just see who wins, and whoever wins, wins. <laughs> the, the original... Interesting. It's, actually, it's, it's the one that's actually behind me right now, currently. No, that Secret Wars. That's, oh, wow. That's, that's, was... where the black, that's where the black suit first came, uh, came from in the comics. Uh, it's, it was... This was purely... This was actually the first event comic ever made. And it was an event purely made to sell toys. It's li- that was li- it was literally to ma- it was literally made <laughs> for a toy. Change. Oh, nothing wait, has changed. Wait, we'll wait for the movie to come. <laughs> yeah, but, nothing has um, changed. They stay the same. But yeah, in the '90s Spider-Man show, he uh, the Beyonder uh, is the reason the Secret Wars happens in that version, and it was basically a test for Spider-Man to. Uh, see if he's if he's leader worthy, and uh, and which leads us to the episodes we'll eventually watch on uh, uh, po- uh on this on this podcast series when so Spider Verse Two comes out. When yeah, Spider Verse Two. Yeah. So so, what do you think of the Beyonder in, in this, this show? <laughs> Honestly, I prefer this version. I like. I always like the omnipotent beings that just are funny and just 
do crap, just do shit for the sake of doing it, just having fun with it. And because they've they've lived all their lives not knowing like what it is, what humanity really means and what the sake the sacredity of human life and like the mortality, they're immortal. They can't die. They will never die. So they kind of just look at this like, you know, fuck it mentality where anything can just and where they could literally erase the entire human race and it's just nothing to them. And I, I always like yeah. this. So I, I like that they were setting it up from the beginning, kind of, where it's 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 basically it's Lawrence Fishburne as like the narr- as the narrator. Yeah, it was um, great. But the whole time the narrator has been the beyonder. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't so, make up. I love Lawrence yeah, Fishburne. It Lord, it's, does it's, a phenomenal it's so, as the Beyonder. It's, it's so interesting because I've been like because as a kid, I've been so used to Lawrence Fishburne's voice just being the, like the Silver Surfer voice <laughs> from. Oh yeah, uh, right. He was Silver. Rise of the Silver Surfer, where he's, uh, where he's like, I will not no longer serve you. Where he uses that I kind of voice. He did that. He did that yeah. same voice as the narrator in the TMNT movie, the animated one, and oh, yeah. um, and so I've been so used to him in a voice role doing basically that sort of thing mm. but man in this one <laughs> he is like like for one he's having a blast and yeah. for another like he's definitely like it doesn't even sound like Lawrence Fishburne yeah, like half the time it's, it's so very, like he has such just a very like musical kind of voice where it's just like He's just he's just ready oh, to break to, out to into the song point, at any moment. Yeah, to the point where he he broke out into song, and then yeah. Lunella's like, "Yeah, we don't have time for that." <laughs> yeah. Again, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but it's a very it is a very mixed. So it, it, let him finish. Yeah, let him finish. <laughs> let, him finish. <laughs> let him finish. Give me the whole song. <laughs> Give me the whole song. I need the album. I was kind of getting into it a little, but then um, at the same time, it's like, okay, we got we got to move it along. Yeah, but, like sorry, like. Just his energy was so great. It just sorry for repeating myself. It's just very Mixius Pitalik, who uh, I guess if you need like more vocal reference for that, he's he's like usually has always been voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, well, or that, or people that really? sound like Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, Gilbert. Or that Godfrey, would sound like okay. Yeah, people who have very similar vocal like performances to Gilbert Godfrey have voiced that character, but Gilbert Godfrey has also voiced him a few times. Well, I can't really yeah, imagine it's a very, Gilbert it's like Godfrey a, doing this one. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't imagine. I, I don't want Gilbert Godfrey to do it. Beyonder has always had like this very deep gravitas voice. He just, he doesn't speak in like, he's not a comedy. The original version is never about comedy. He's always about the gravity of the situation and like, I have brought you here for specific reasons and like things like that. He never would joke. I he brought never... you here for specific reasons. <laughs> that, I that have brought you here for. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> that was my best. I have... Godfrey. <laughs> uh, hey, it's pretty good. And it's I have good. to be even louder for to, for it to sound. I have brought you here. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> just it just sounds like animal. Okay, okay, but um, um but yeah. So like, Beyonder in the comics has always had like well in the '90s Spider-Man show was very gravitas. And, like, honestly, Lawrence Fishburg is perfect for that, and I'm glad they actually went more in the comedy route for the character and being more... Yeah, like... yeah. He, he... There's something 
almost well not quite but almost facilier about him I, yeah. I don't i don't know if it's uh in the voice acting or even just like in the design a little bit because he's he yeah. has that kind of slim figure similar yeah. to facilier his, his design is very different as well from the comics because the co- like comics in the 90s cartoon it's just like you know, like, have, have you, like, seen, like, the cable armor from the 90s of, like, like you know, from, like, Deadpool, Cable's armor, the time traveler? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, not, know, like his, not, his not in the comics. Not in the comics. I am more yeah. familiar with just the, the movie. movie and, but, yeah. Um, well, okay, so, like, it's ba- the Beyonder in the comics is just, like, this massive, massive silver armor with blue highlights. It's just 90s to the extreme no not pouches but just extravagant stuff he's a white dude white bright bright glowing eyes black hair black flowing hair like white as in like pale pale as fuck (laughs) like no just a straight white just like my white just straight white guy they 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 should have made him like it's just a completely pale just white skin person like Gore they, they, the God Butcher. <laughs> yeah, Gore. They they should make him just kind of like an alien type mm. character. But this was during the time when when uh when like any God character kind of had to look white for some reason. Mm. Um. But yeah, that's the original Beyonder. I like yeah. this Beyonder more, where it's more alien and more like more like elegant in a way. Yeah. A little um so but uh, so as, uh if we're if we're getting into the stuff that's happening in that in the episode um you know what i because i i barely remember i only remember what happens well, at the end a little bit he trick he first tricks uh he introduces himself by tricking lunella into thinking that he's her dad in the in her oh yeah cave, that's right and seeing like devil in the... dinosaur and everything yeah but it's but it's not i actually was kind of getting like was like oh is the dad gonna find out and whatever it's like oh I no thought it's beyond her <laughs> honestly i thought that, that would have been real i i'm wondering if they're ever going to do that though for the show it's like they'll eventually do it i guess this mm. episode was not it but um but yeah and it's I'm, I'm i'm trying to remember what happens to the rest Chandler, fill in the lines. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, basically there's the whole science fair going on, and Lunella gets paired up with Eduardo, and she's not happy about about that at all. And for some reason, oh, yeah. the science fair where they only have 48 hours to go from idea to finish science fair project, which I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant here for a second. This is similar to an episode of The Ghost of Molly McGee, where I'm like, okay, I understand the lesson learned here. The, the assignment makes no damn sense. Like, you would not yeah. ever have only 48 hours to do a science fair project unless it is a solo project with people who you know are interested in doing a 48-hour science fair project. There is no way a school would only give you 48 hours to do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thing. There is no, <laughs> no. way in hell. It is There's not no how science way that, that would be a thing. You have a <laughs> report you're supposed to write. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that one iCarly episode where they get locked in to finish their semester projects. Oh, yeah. 
what? Like that that was not a thing. Was that a thing? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to public schools being so overtaxed, like you know, with with stuff that they have to fit in with no budget. That they're just like, fuck it, let's just have the science fair in 48 hours. We have a curriculum to get through. Yeah. Uh, it's accurate, but it also, it helps me feel better. I empathize with her frustration with um, Eduardo, because I've been in group projects before where I had an idea, and I've been completely steamrolled over by someone else who had an idea, and I'm like, okay, but I wanted to do this. You know, yeah. it, it sucks just getting randomly paired up with someone, and then and then they just do whatever they want to do. You know, I I I know it, again. It's Lunella's lesson to learn here, but I'm like, it, it's frustrating. I feel her frustration. Yeah, it it like I actually kind of felt bad for Eduardo for a little bit. It's also kind of bad for him too because he wanted to do his own of... thing, but it was obviously. It was obviously, you know, if they had had more time, they would have been able to kind of kind of see what the two of them wanted to do, maybe come up with something that, you know, like, like they ultimately did, but yeah. that actually worked and didn't fall apart. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's also like, um, it's kind of, I don't know if I should, okay, fine. Uh, Eduardo, in this case, almost is a little bit like me, where he's like, uh, he's wanting to do a, a project about, like, I guess, drumming or something, or just like, uh, is that is that what it is? Or he just drums a lot. Well, because basically, he yeah. saw someone on the subway just making music with a bunch of trash, and he's like, "Hey, I want that to be our science fair project." But he's not really effectively communicating what he actually wants to do to Lunella. He's just like, "Yeah, I want to put all this together," and he's not actually giving her an an idea of what he really wants. This feels like that, that one meme where it's, like, the show antagonist versus the real antagonist. Even though it's not, like, like that, like that. But it just feels like, it's like, well, Lunella's annoyed by him. But what she should be annoyed with was the time limit and the fact that there's no way they could have possibly, like, gotten anything cohesive together as a unit. No way they would have anything cohesive in that period of time. I mean, the people who won, and I know this was because of, the, of what the Beyonder did, but, like, the people who won literally just strapped a couple of magnets to their back. Like, that's who won the science oh, yeah. fair. That shows you <laughs> where everyone else was. <laughs> So they get to oh yeah, and the prize was they get to like go to the Wakandan uh, outreach center. Uh, yeah, yeah, dang. And Lunella was like flipping, like freaking out about that. Like she really? wanted to win so bad uh, for that. Um, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say like because with Eduardo wanting to do like a drumming project, it's like. Because he was like so annoying with like all the drumming and stuff like that. Look, that was me in like elementary, middle, and high school. Uh, and just like, and I don't know if this was like, because I don't know, at any given point when I could just, you know, have music in my head, I typically I don't know when I start drumming. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just trying to find an emotion for Eduardo at this point. But I was very much, I was very much the Lunella in any science project or any math project of like, 
I, I most for the most part I would be doing most of the work. I was Oh yeah. Same. I, I, uh, I remember yeah. I, I I got really petty with it during one high school project because it was our it was like uh we had to talk about STDs for science class and nobody did the fucking PowerPoint. So I made the entire PowerPoint. I, I put in the song Let's Talk About Sex by Salt and Peppa and I made it a really good project and then I put and I put PowerPoint by me research by me notes by me snacks by blank music by salt and pepper <laughs> perfect i i honestly always opted to be by myself for any project because i was just completely antisocial and didn't enjoy and didn't like how everyone else just couldn't i i, I feel like such a jerk now when I look back at myself, because I was a little bit of a jerk. Um, I, I mean, always... we were all kids. We were all jerks. We were developing yeah, our brain. Kids, yeah. yeah it's, it's, we were children. We were, de- we were yeah, children. we were developing brains. Of course we were jerks. We were all jerks. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was too, I always just didn't like how everyone just, for one, just didn't sometimes grasp, not just that they didn't grasp the material the same way I did, just that they didn't care about the material the same way I did. I just immediately am like, I got, I understand everything. Let's do this. Like, uh, it's it's partially because schools don't really engage all their students at all times. So there's going to be a lot of points where your classmates just don't care about the same things that you care yeah. about. But also, like, uh, especially, like, um, this wasn't really, like, a key thing of the episode. But for me, it was, you know, it's it's easy to get the shy little black girl to do all your work. The shy, smart little, like, black girl who's just trying not to get, like, you know, who's just trying mm-hmm. to get through school. Like, it's like, oh, sure, you could do this, right? You could do this, right? Like, you're smart. You're a smart kid. Like, you know, like, you're the blank yeah. kid. And it was it was always never, like, the other smart, like, white students that ended up doing all the work for their project. It, it like, and I'm sure it wasn't conscious, like, for my classmates to do that to me specifically. But when I talk to a lot of other smart kids of color, it's like, yeah, the work naturally fell to me. Whereas when I talk to like, uh, whereas at least in my experience, when I've talked to white kids like that, it was at least somewhat more of a group effort. Although mm. it depended if you were like autistic and stuff like that. Like the neurodivergent kids all seem to universally have that experience. But like for me, like at least with the groups that I hung out with, it was it was more like, yeah, like the total get a color within the group was always like yeah i did most of that work they made me do most of that work they just you know i, I yeah. like i said i don't think it was targeted i think it's just a subconscious bias within like that you get sort of taught naturally by dynamics in the world and then just pass on because you're a kid and you don't know any better yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for for me i mean growing up asian like hey you're you're asian so you're smart right it's like huh not really, um, but I—it's so interesting you assume that. I was, I was like, "Oh, great! Well, you do the project." Then. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I hate like when people just assume like, "Hey, you got this right." I hate having to do just randomly assigned group projects in general. Like, if I'm gonna do a group project, let me do it with people that I know I'm gonna gel with and work well with, and actually be able to get this assignment done yeah. effectively with. So that's why. That's why in this case with like Eduardo, it's like, oh no, <clears throat> you know, I don't like that. <laughs> um, 
I so like, like, yeah, in this case, it's like, you know, they're not going to like collaborate well or even collaborate at all as far as like. Um, She's like, I'm going to give you little pieces, like, like, like bite sized instructions so that you can do this. And then he doesn't do it. Because basically. Yeah, he, he just kind of goes off to doing like basically his then, own thing. She sets all that up, and then the Beyonder um, sends her on, uh, uh, basically, on, on kind of a, not really a wild goose chase, but, like, um, he's he stages a whole bunch of things to have Moon Girl take care of, so that she's not working on the project, because he's just having fun with it, basically. He, he really is, like, a trickster god in the truest sense of the word, or the phrase, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that... That's a better description than uh, coming up, uh, me referencing characters you guys have no clue about. Um, he's like Q. Yeah. He, yeah, uh, he's just doing this for shits and giggles. If you're me, Discord for My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Q? I... So, fair, so. <laughs> Uh, I've met John Delancey before because of MLP. Because mm-hmm. oh, I, I went to the con and I was doing a golfer. I was doing the golfer, so I didn't have to pay to go to BronyCon. So uh, I was his assistant for the day. It was it was actually kind of fun. Oh, very cool. Sweet. Yeah, I got to meet Tara Strong and everything. So it was oh, really. Cool. I got to meet John Delancey and Tara Strong. Twilight and Discord. It was so fun. But yeah, it's like oh, that's awesome. so, he, so whenever someone says he's a Q type, I'm like, uh, <laughs> he's also a Discord type. Who is Q? <laughs> so I guess you are still right. But did you know about Discord? You should. <laughs> oh man. Oh. The only the only celebrities I've ever like fully met and have conversations with was one with Josh Keaton and then one with Felicia Day who I only I I was met Felicia Day at Comic-Con with my then girlfriend at the time it was funny because she was the one wanting to meet her but she ended up talking to me longer because I was wearing a vault suit from Fallout and she voices characters in the Fallout franchise and she's a massive Fallout fan so she talked to me for longer and my my girlfriend at the time was so mad at me after that conversation, because she's just like, you got to talk to her for much longer. <laughs> uh, I got to chat with Vincent Martella and David Arrigo at Central Florida Comic Con. Um, oh wow! Was, Ooh, yeah, they were they were lovely. That was a lot of fun. They, 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 there was a whole panel before that. So, mm. oh man, that just makes me remember that I once had dinner with Chris Rock because he because Vincent Martella on everybody. I was a wee, I was a wee lass. Uh, my my my. It, he's actually a family friend of like one of my, like uh, distant uncles because I'm Latin, so I have a lot of like extended family. So wow. like at one point I was just at their house, and then Chris Rock came over for dinner, and we just had and I just had dinner with him. I remember telling him that one day he was get, he was gonna want to work with me because I was gonna be famous, and he got a <laughs> kick out. Of Aww. I mean, I've met a lot of celebrities very randomly. I have a very weird backstory. I got to see a play with Mariah Carey. That was really fun. Wow. I'm wow. actually... I have some celebrity beats... in my blood, too. I am actually related to one of the other white gingers in Hollywood, Ron Howard. What? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm re- I'm related by blood to Ron Howard. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like oh. I'm I'm technically related to a sports celebrity because my uncle is Bobby Bonilla, and he has his own holiday because he's oh. the only person who ever like benefited from Bernie Madoff. Because the Mets traded his contract and tried to scam him by giving him an extended release contract. But now he makes more money than Mets currently playing in the leagues. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> it's called to Bobby Bonilla, Bonilla, so you can look it up. <laughs> Another weird factoid before we continue. I'm actually related to the inventor of Colgate toothpaste. Really? Yeah. My, that my sounds like that Mean Girls thing where she's related to the person who created Toaster Strudel. I had a teacher who invented Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, really? Yep. I have no story in this. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I mean, like, the unless you count, like, Adam the Woo, the Tim Tracker, or, like, Dinah from Fifth Harmony, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, some DJs that no one will know, but, you know... (laughs) That's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... My sister Emma was a minor internet celebrity for like five minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I can tell you about the time I ran into Rory from Doctor Who just on the st- on the sidewalk one day. <laughs> I mean, that's what, uh, that's what I pretended I didn't know because I got fucking anxiety and got nervous. I didn't want to be that guy. So I, so I said I saw him in once. Which, to be fair, I did go see once later that, like, when he was still in it. So that technically wasn't a lie. It was just precognition. I got his autograph. Oh, yeah. So tell you about I met the cast of Hamilton. Never mind. And we can we can keep going. <laughs> We've all met celebrities <laughs> everywhere. It's Hollywood now. <laughs> well, speaking of Hamilton, there is a future episode of this show where Davi Diggs is in fact a guest star. Really? Diggs. Yep. Whoa! Oh, I can't wait for that now. Because I've met him. I have a pet to meet. Yes, I think you. I think you did, Miranda. I think you did tell us about that um, in a previous recording. <laughs> nice. It's good to know that I'm, I'm as obnoxious then as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do. I, I don't want to rush us. But oh, yeah, that's right. Record- we're almost done. We are very much almost record- done, and I do need to go to bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. 11.03. At least we on Saturday night, because on su- I'm looking at my schedule. On Sunday night, I got scheduled for a marathon shift. You know what that means? I'm in at 5 a.m., baby! Mm-hmm. Are you doing gonna, the Run um, Disney thing? I'm working it, so people can come mm-hmm. in and shop. You mm-hmm. get to know what I it's mean, like when I'm yeah. awake at that time. <laughs> Actually, I'd be working. To... I'd be working. So, yeah. like, Editor Chandler here. There was a whole tangent here that was cut due to non-disclosure agreement reasons. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, there wasn't anything. You saw nothing. You saw nothing. Yeah. It, no, um, also, like, yeah, I need to find people to do art for. So, if anyone needs any art for any projects ever, I need money so bad. I am so yeah, broke. So college is. On my finances. We'll get to plug shortly. I also yeah. love the, oh, yeah. the, the the high heel villain, by the way. The high heels. Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, I can't remember what who that was. Name? Hang on. Just one problem. She's broke, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, Stiletto. 
Stiletto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stiletto. Basically, the Universal Stiltwalker villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. There, were, the, I Okay, in a Patton Oswald interview for, like, talking about the uh, MODOK series, he mentions that they couldn't use the character Stiltman. Is this show the reason why they couldn't use Stiltman? <laughs> because Stiltman is very much similar to Stiletto Girl, the Stiletto character. Ooh. Food for I thought. mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Food also, for did thought. we talk about? Did we talk about how Lunella makes the carbon thing she wanted to make? And Vianna's like, yeah, I knew you did this by yourself and didn't involve Eduardo. So now it's a bunch of pickles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> It's just pickles. What a real I've ever seen. That sure is a pickle. That's a pickle of a situation. Funniest yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. I turned yeah, myself into a pickle. Oh, that's the f- yeah. No, mm-hmm. we're not gonna. Yeah. We're not we're referencing. Not, this we're not man going down that road, dude. Listen, at, like I have been at the actual like his game company have called me squanch approved, so I can say we are not referencing his his show right now. Well, at least he's not involved with it anymore. At least he ain't doing that anymore. At least uh-huh. a lot of people get to keep their jobs. Yay! Uh, I, so, I have fell yeah. off of watching Rick and Morty a while ago, and... I, I, I've I, never I, seen a single episode, so I don't... <laughs> I'm glad you don't have any connection. I feel bad for I feel bad for Rick and Morty. Well, not like the Rick and Morty. The, the, the people the working on Rick and Morty yeah. who has nothing yeah. to do with that shit. Yeah. Like, right. it, nobody deserves to have to deal with like the controversy of just try of just trying to make a paycheck in this fucking yeah. capitalist hellhole yeah. that we all live in. The thing is, it's a really good show, and Justin Roiland basically contributed almost nothing to it, short of like the original pitch for it. Like he by all yeah. accounts did not contribute very much to the actual show other than the voices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also, uh, the same thing with other things like his, his game company, Squanch games. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Well, um, well, to, back, yeah, to we're going to try to go, to finish, try to, to finish wrap up it up. With, try to wrap it up with a uh, moon girl. So he turns her project into pickles. <laughs> And we really got off on that Rick and Morty tangent just from pickles. <laughs> pickles I'm pickle Rick. Forever. Oh pickles no! Forever by that. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't <laughs> summon him. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Pickle don't Rick. summon him. Okay. Um. But pickle uh, juice. Pickle juice. Um. Oh no! no. Pickle doof. Pickle doof. Mr. Pickles. Oh no. Okay. Right. Um, just to finish it up. Um uh Eduardo comes back. They uh they uh reconcile uh because she uh the, he finally is able to communicate what he actually wants to do. Mm-hmm. And uh uh they it's they build it in just in time because they're great procrastinators. And then they, uh, the machine falls apart though. Once the judges come in, and then the Beyonder is like, "Well, too late," and begins to er- almost erase everything out of existence. But yeah, he's like, and he's just like, "Just kidding, fooled you." Like, 
Oh, by the way, I just noticed, because again, I have the episode up, I noticed that the Magnet Girls on their board, um, part of their research obviously includes, um, like, maglev trains, which I'm like, okay, you had the right idea, but what you're going about this completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> which, again, gee, 48-hour science fair, it's almost like this is a terrible idea. Listen, the curriculum, we have to follow the curriculum, we're behind. <laughs> It's all them. It's all them damn attacks on the city. They're they're making us have to speak through the curriculum because we keep having to evacuate the school. Don't I look it up. Ar- I thought the argument got cut in the budget. Huh, got squirrels. Listen, we don't have the budget. I would love to see an Abbott Elementary set in like a Marvel <laughs> in the Marvels. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I gotta start watching that show because it looks so good. Like I've heard, it, heard it, good it, things yeah. about it. Yes, yes. So good. Yeah. yeah. But um. I just I I remember seeing like the storm that one of the actresses dressed up as storm for the Halloween episode, which was incredible. <laughs> um, so oh so oh yeah so when the Beyonder like is like just erasing like humanity and once it's like it's once it seems like you know it's done and it's just like this empty void and when I was like oh my god it's too late it kind of got like almost legit dark very for a second serious. very yeah. serious very and then he's like are, oh just kidding and then it's like people that are like oh well disney channel's not going to be making any shows that have anything dark anymore it's all just for kids now i'm like it's it's, you it's uh, gesturing but i'm like what what what, what do you think this is court is betraying you <laughs> um yeah it's it, it gets dark and that's and it's it works and it works well and it it only got serious for like that one like that two seconds and then yeah. you know and then it but just it it, yeah I and then immediately you know goes back to I don't think it's gonna get too oh, yeah. like up its own seriousness not that I think that that's necessarily no, we're not getting Endgame up in here at least not right now because it's like only the sixth no. episode what do you no. mean we're not doing Endgame and Infinity War was half the universe this is just the whole universe. <laughs> uh, I can't um, wait to see how they follow some of this stuff up. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see more Thanks. of this. There, it seems like they're going to be breezing through this first season. Like the the next batch of episodes drops in March, so I'm going to have to bump something else off the schedule so we can come back and, and talk about this again. Oh, I can't wait to come back and talk about this one. Uh, any yeah. any other final thoughts before we wrap up and do plugs? Look, uh, Moon Girl. The show is good. Watch it now. Do, yeah. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Don't don't look behind you. Just keep driving. Yeah, it's it's just a genuinely fun show. It's a genuinely uplifting show. If anything, it's beautiful. It's like it like the animation, the designs, uh, the characters, Lunella, Casey, Devil. Uh, it, it's like and just everything. Uh, the stories, the the writing is so clever. There's some really like great fantastic messages in it and yeah it's 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 just that like just you know just keep watching it really (laughs) yeah um i guess i guess anything that i just want to talk about at this point is just um uh this is gonna sound like a call out but i don't think the person that i'm talking about is watching is gonna be listening to this so basically i've I've heard some people complain that uh moon girl and devil dinosaur the the writers on twitter were discussing that it was going to become serialized um and uh just i i i i think that it 
like I think it's only going to be serialized in the way that comics themselves are serialized. I think it's still going to be largely like you know standalone little adventures, but just maintain the sort of continuity of a comic book that you that you keep following. But I don't know. I just I guess I was curious because that seems to be a turnoff for some people. What you guys think of uh, I, the uh, appeal that right now? I'm preferring that compared to like what Marvel Studios is currently doing and just making everything feel like it's this grand saga and everything's connected. This should just stand on its own. It's nice. It's every episode is like it's self a self-contained story that you can follow from uh that you can still like follow as one story, but it can but every episode is really individual. Yeah. I, I understand serialization fatigue, especially when you're looking at a Marvel project or when you're looking at like a Disney uh, animation project. But I don't know. I just I don't think it's going to be that serialized. I think it was more just the terminology they were using rather than a literal translation of the idea of serialization. So like, I, I think it'll be fine is what I'm saying. Ian, you haven't said a whole lot. Do you have anything you want to say? I think it's just gorgeously animated. Uh, I was just in awe of everything. I'm shy. I, I just and when there's not like a script in front of me and I'm recording for a video, I really don't say that much in my day to day life. But um, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think it's considering this is purely an audio <laughs> medium. I guess with the benefit of hindsight, I was kind of an awkward podcast guest. But that being said, uh, I love, I genuinely love Moon Girl. It, it's like, there's just nothing I would do differently. It, and it's just, just the animation of it in particular. The way they just have characters like slide across the screen and then just like release with like oh, the most energetic fluid movement immediately following it. It's like, it's beautiful. It's, it's like, it's, I feel, I feel bad. I, I really didn't say, it. I really didn't say that much. But I love it. I, I you love it. You are just it. enjoying the vibes. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. I was listening totally to a podcast. Cool. Uh, I thought you were enjoying. I, yeah, yeah. I will say, going back to the the um, a lot of the like 2010s era Marvel cartoons, those feel very stiff. And like, oh, we have to conform to like you know the look of the MCU. We need to keep it somewhat grounded with that. This is not afraid to be a cartoon, and it's great. Yep, it's perfect. I love every frame of this. Show. It it very much pops. Like it's yeah, it very out there. I remember just when the animatic came out, I'm like, this looks so snappy and fun, and I cannot wait for this. Just with yeah, just something. with the theme song, I I literally just when when that animatic um came out i'm like i just would like watch it like a couple times in a row i'm like i can't wait for this show it looks so good so it's it's great it's fantastic I it. it's everything i wanted it to be and more i i hope they keep up this momentum i feel like they're going to uh, you know it's just so it's so great to be so excited for a show yeah. like just no no follow-up questions just feed me the episodes i'm so hungry for more content Yes. More episodes, uh, please. It's it's the same it it's the same story I get from watching Bluey or Craig of the Creek. I'm just like yes, more. Please. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and I think that's about it. This was like almost a three-hour recording session. I'm gonna have a lot Woo! of editing to do. Um, does anyone just remember? To, just yeah, <laughs> just remember that beeping. Oh. I need I need that beeping. Yes. Editing does anyone have anything they want to plug? 
Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, you guys can follow me at Iron Ninja Two Thousand on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can follow my uh, YouTube Iron Ninja Two Thousand. Well, no, not Iron Ninja Two Thousand, just Iron Ninja. Um, you can also listen to my podcast that I haven't had an episode put out an episode for in a while. Off. I'm sorry, life has just been insane with job applications. I might look into that Quentin one if he's looking for more editors. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could, uh, you could uh, listen to my podcast, The Crossover Nexus. The last episode that I published was like I think in October, and it yeah. was w- about the Simpsons Family Guy episode with uh, Godzilla Mendoza, Troy Boyo Seventeen, and Mithy. You can uh, listen to that. It's a great one. It's really funny. Um, Here's a question: Which is going to come out first, the Muppets Haunted Mansion podcast or the Jesse <laughs> Holiday with Parker and Joey? <laughs> About that let's, one. Let's, let's do, let's do a contest. We're, so long. <laughs> we're gonna, If I we're, had an initial forever guest on this podcast who had an episode of a podcast I was on that hadn't come out yet and it's been recorded for a long time, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I'm currently working on a YouTube video at the moment uh, in my spare time writing a video about the history of microtransactions. And that should be done very soon as well. But I don't know when that'll come out either. Well, uh, uh, as as far as me, you can follow me on Twitter, in, in, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at aproductions09. I also have a YouTube channel where I am going to try to start uh, putting out more video content with theme parks and stuff like that. And me and my best friend being weird at theme parks. And by weird, I mean silly, you know, just funny. So that's at youtube.com slash Andrew Productions. Although YouTube has handles now. So I guess just look up at a-productions. So and uh, I and I did do a podcast not so frequently called Realm of Immersion. Uh, You could find those episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to stuff. And stay tuned, because I am trying to get that Muppets Haunted Mansion episode finished. And it was recorded all the way back in October of 2021. And life stuff has really definitely been getting in the way, especially work. But it is pretty much finished. I just need to do some final tweaking. Uh, And it's a crossover. Chandler's on it, and Channel KRT is on it. So look forward to when that releases uh, finally. And yeah. Miranda? Oh, okay. Um <laughs> you can you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and TikTok at the handle Carousel Unique. Uh, I do art. I'm actually working on posting my commission sheet so that I can take more regular commissions. And I have Patreon as well. And uh, you can basically just shoot me a message at any of my platforms for a commission, uh, even before I post the sheet, but I will be posting the sheet soon. Uh, also, if you want to hear more of my voice for some reason, I don't know why I will be doing an ep- I will be doing a podcast episode uh, this week also with uh, uh, Channel KRT uh, for that 90s show. I don't know when it'll come out, but that does mean you'll be hearing me more than once relatively within the sphere of the next whenever. Uh, so yeah, uh, I do art stuff. It's good, I like to think. So, you know. 
go check it out. Please. I need money for college. <laughs> and, uh... Ian! Yeah, uh, I'm just on YouTube. It's just my name, Kian Carlisle, and that's what it is on every other, like, social media site I'm on. Yay! Yay! Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. There you'll be able to find a handful of episodes of my flagship show, Theme Park Backlot, which will be returning this year with my upcoming 41 Years of Epcot retrospective, as well as my upcoming Once Upon a Time retrospective. That's right, I'm going through the entire ABC series Once Upon a Time from start to finish. It's going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea how long it'll take, but I'm very excited for it. I've also got episodes of Chandler's Cross Country Adventure Vlogs. The Cedar Point video is still coming out at some point, and after that I'll have other videos about other parks I visited. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. I'm on all the usual places, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, Anchor, and select episodes of this podcast will also be available on YouTube. And if you want to help me out even more, you can also pledge to me on Patreon, patreon.com slash starport97. Just a dollar a month gets you access to every episode of this podcast one day early, which will usually be Mondays instead of Tuesdays. We also have a PWCA Discord server you can join. Link to that will be on the PWCA Twitter. And be sure to join us next week for the penultimate episode covering Season 1 of The Ghost and Molly McGee. That's right, it's The Ghost and Molly McGee Season 1D, where we cover episodes 16 through 19. Yes, episode 20, aka the season finale, will be its own episode later on. Right here on the podcast without a cool actor. Ooh, my feet touch the ground.